Welcome to another episode of Soul Searcher with Natalie Brown. This is your journey to spiritual enlightenment and soul alignment and I'm so excited to share more of my wisdom, more of my love and to lead and serve with love and to be able to help you create the life that you absolutely love. Welcome. Today is an extra special day. We've got the beautiful Sabrina Victoria as my guest today. Um, this will be shared on my podcast as well, Soul Searcher. So if you want to download that and watch or listen to that and watch this, that's perfect. So Sabrina Victoria is in the US. Um, she is an amazing person. She interviewed me recently as well. And so I am sharing her story today because she has an amazing story to share. So from a struggling single mom to escaping a 13-year narcissistic abusive relationship Sabrina's tenacity and optimistic spirit has inspired fans worldwide and helped endless amounts of people break through and discover their own untapped talents and immense potential now she is the creator and the CEO of human better 365 a human transformation company creator of her version podcast and founder of the Sober Society community. Amazing, amazing. She is a speaker, entrepreneur, and an author. And I'm so, so happy to have you here with me to have beautiful conversations <laughs> um, about all sorts of things. But please share more about you, share more about your journey, you know, um, and what brought you to this very moment? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting that more so now than ever before the whole you know when you first get into self-development the first thing that kind of like hits you in the face is everything's happening to you for a reason and it's kind of hard to grasp it when you're kind of like in it um but you know looking back and all of the trials and tribulations that i've been through up to this point and sitting in my life right now really helps me recognize how true that is, uh, despite how much uh, frustration was happening while it was all going on. But I was actually raised as a Jehovah's Witness. I don't know if you know what that is, yeah. but it's a fairly strict religion. They're known for being strict. They're proud of that fact. And everything was pretty chill for me until I ended up pregnant mysteriously at the age of 20 years old. And I had no husband. I was not married. That's the, the key right there. Uh, so needless to say, the, the religion has very strict rules around premarital sex, premarital, anything basically. And within a very short amount of time, within 24, 36 hours or so, I was basically cut off from my entire family and my entire community, everything I had ever known. So when you're a Jehovah's Witness, you're totally immersed in that community. You don't ever look outside of the Jehovah's Witness organization when you are within that organization. So when you're cast out, you literally have nobody. You have nobody in and you have nobody out. So complete isolation, basically. And, you know, the story in and amongst the baby daddy is a whole long story, but I was basically convinced to, to leave him in order to get closer to God. Um, they didn't appreciate the fact that we were playing house is how they kind of put it and kind of made me choose between God and my family and my community or <clears throat> marrying him, or I guess staying in the same situation that I was in. And I didn't want that. I, I needed my mom. I had just had my baby and, you know, all of the things that go along with being a single mom were just hovering on me, just so heavy, just the stereotypical, no money, no brains, um, you know, no financial, anything like no idea how to handle anything regarding money, how to make money, how to keep money. So just, just complete distress, complete distress, unworthiness, sinful, dark, dirty, and just lonely. Mm. 
Wow. Yeah. The words, the words that you used, you know, the stress, unworthiness, dark, dirty. I feel like this is very much an old paradigm that we grew up with very much. And, you know, I come from a very Christian family. I was brought up in a very Christian family. And then, as you know, I had to kind of go through my own awakening into my spiritual side, my more spiritual side, which is much more of a softer, compassionate, healing, beautiful space to be in. But I feel like a lot of people, you know, have still or are attached to these old threads um, of shadow. And it's very important that we recognize that shadow to be able to move into the light. So for people that's out there that's experiencing what you experienced, what advice can you give them? Oh, you know, uh, it's crazy you're asking that question, not trying to get political here, but the whole Roe versus Wade thing really hit me heavy. I'm, I don't know, you know, not trying to get political. I'm pro-choice and um, pro-choice to me is choosing. I chose to have my son. Um, I believe that that's a choice that I was able to make. I went to the, the parent's place and sat down and I saw all of my options as a single mother who had no money and no parental support. And I had to make a decision for myself. And that was a choice that I myself was able to make. I chose to keep my son. The heaviness that really occurred with this whole um, thing in the US here, Roe versus Wade, where they're taking away our rights as a female to be able to make that choice in a lot of the states here was very heavy. And quite honestly, it should be a choice. It should be a choice um, on whether or not you are going to bring a child and you're capable of bringing a child into, into this world. You know, I kind of opened up with you saying all the things that happened to me happened to me for a reason. I now see that. Would I wish that on somebody? No, I just wouldn't. It was very, very difficult. My advice would be day by day. Um, don't spend if you don't need to spend. Love your baby. Love them. That's all they need. There was a lot of guilt that I held as a mother for not being able to provide financially for him the way that a normal family provides for their child with all of the excess toys and things and puzzles and food and outings and vacations. I literally couldn't do that. And that was very stressful for me. I felt like a horrible mother for not being able to do that, to be able to provide that for him. And that was 18 years ago. My son just turned 18 this year. And the one consistency that I had with him was showing an obnoxious amount of love to him physically, emotionally, verbally. And I think because of that, he is now one of the most loving, kindness, kindest, non-materialistic individual I've ever met. And a lot of it is just because I continued to say that everything's going to be okay. All I can do is all I can do. And all I can do is enough and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. And you know what? I find that we live in such a materialistic world. I am reading this book, um, The Ringing Cedars of Russia, which is about this woman that talks about how we bring up our children and that we need to reconnect them back to simplicity, back to nature um, back to themselves because all of the materialistic things are actually disconnecting us from ourselves. It's disconnecting us from our true divine self. And so the fact that you have brought up your son with this devotion of true love and him not being attached to anything is such a beautiful, empowering story. And if we can let go of the guilt around that, which is you know, that's our own healing journey, I suppose, that we have to go on, let go of the guilt of not being able to provide what civilization or, you know, the people out there perceive us. You know, you if, if you buy a toy, you show love. 
that's not true, is it? So yeah, it's right, about, exactly. Yeah, it's about shattering the old paradigms of what is perceived as true and what is not. And I feel like for you, it's such a beautiful, empowering story in terms of the fact that love was your guide and love guided you through your life and you didn't need to have a lot of things. And that's how your story started. Your story started with almost nothing, you know, literally nothing. And look where you now. And um, it's a story of resilience. So a really, a really um, powerful story of resilience, of pivoting, of learning, of adapting, isn't it? So, um, yeah. And I think you should be proud of yourself <laughs> for everything that you have achieved. It's amazing. Thank so you. talk to me about resilience. Talk to me about, you know, the moments that you went through where you had to pivot and where you had to really go, okay, enough is enough. We come to that choice point, right? And we go, okay, this is enough. But you, I feel, and I can see from your life journey that you've had to pivot a lot. You've had to adapt a lot. So tell me about one really pivotal or amazing moment in your life where you went, holy moly, okay, this is it. Yeah. So there's two, two that are kind of popping up for me, both regarding a a very abusive relationship that I ended up in because of my situation, just having no way out, having no financial backing and kind of being stuck um, because I was being financially abused. He kind of took over all the finances and me just being kind of naive to the whole situation allowing that to happen and then looking around and recognizing, oh my gosh, I have nothing, uh, years into a relationship. So I, at one point in this relationship, I was eight years in and I was just feeling so devastated. I was feeling suicidal. I was feeling like there's no reason to live. I was feeling totally out of control and powerless. And I was on the floor in the bathroom, in the dark, having a complete breakdown. And I pulled out my phone and I Googled, why is my boyfriend bullying me? Because I didn't know any other vernacular other than that. And the entire world of abuse basically just hit me right in the face. And I realized that I was being abused. I had no idea about verbal, emotional, mental, financial, sexual, you know, the things that were happening to me seemed so mean, so mean, but I didn't correlate that with abuse because abuse here in America, at least is seen as somebody hitting you. So I didn't put it together. Long story short, I started to save my money. I pivoted and I said, I'm not going to take this anymore. I need to make changes. I need to take my power back. I fell face first into personal development, reading every finance book. I could get my hands on every personal power voice. Um, And I started saving money. And one, about a year later, I I had opened up a few businesses online. I had opened up a secret bank account and I had saved $6,000. And I literally felt like a millionaire. Like (laughs) so much, I had never had so much money in my life. And I remember this day vividly. It was in the kitchen. I had opened up my bank account and I'm looking at 6,000 something, something, something. And I'm just feeling so good about myself because I did this all by myself without any help. And my ex, my abusive ex was coming up the stairs behind me. And there was a poor, a part of me that wanted to like low key brag. I wanted to like show him because he was constantly telling me I was stupid, constantly telling me I was dumb, constantly telling me that I had no college degree. So I have no idea how to do anything. And I wanted to show him that like, look what I did all by myself. I'm brilliant. And I don't know. I I kept it open for a little longer than I should have with that feeling, that ego, I guess, that was creeping up. 
And I closed it out, but I didn't close it out early enough. And he saw it mm-hmm. and he totally flipped out, totally flipped out, had a, um, you know, through the laptop, it didn't break, but through the laptop and tell me I was ungrateful, unloyal, how dare I, because at this point, you know, up to this point, I wasn't paying. I was paying for my own stuff. I was paying for my gas, my, you know, the groceries, my stuff, you know, my son's stuff, our stuff, but he was paying the mortgage and the bills. So in his eyes, he's like, how dare you have any money at all? And you're not even contributing anything. So he stopped. Um, at that point, I was working for him and he stopped paying me. I was making $250 a week working on his business, like 14 hour days. It was insane. Um, and he stopped paying me my little chore money, my $250 a week for six months, just cut me off completely. And I had to make a choice at that point. Like, am I going to like, this is devastating for me because I was just went from like this high to all of a sudden this low. And I had to make a choice on whether or not I was going to do it again. So I did it again. I did it again. I kept going at it. It took me two years over the course of two years, I was able to save $13,000, under the radar secretly. He had no idea. I'm looking for places to move. I'm like doing all the steps to escape (laughs) the abusive relationship. I call up my son's father and I say, Hey, listen, at this point we were friends. I thought I was like, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm looking to move out. I just, he's paying no child support up to this point. He's paid me zero money. Yeah. And I'm telling him, Hey, listen, you know, I'm just letting you know, I'm moving out. This is like a big step for me. I haven't been on my own in years. I'm like scared. So, you know, I might be calling you to help out with something because like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like just all of the nerves is just creeping up inside of me because I've been told this whole time now, 10 years that I am incompetent and incapable of doing anything by myself. So he's like, yeah, yeah, totally. hundred percent good for you, girl power. And I'm like, yes, this is great. Everything's falling into place. Well, soon after that weeks, maybe, I don't know, a couple of weeks, uh, baby daddy calls me and says, Hey, I'd like to take our son out camping. It was summer vacation. I was like, cool. Yeah, no problem. hundred percent. You can take him." Cool. He's like, yeah, we'll just be gone for like a week. He takes him long story short, never gives him back. Oh my gosh. Just (gasps) literally stole him the day he was supposed to get back. I'm texting. I'm like, Hey, uh, you said you were going to be back. Haven't heard from you. It's like everything. Okay. Car accident. I don't know. And he sends me one single text that says, I will no longer be communicating with you through text or social media email only. He cut me off, off of everything, just blocked me on everything. I had no idea. I just start searching for him everywhere. I can't find him anywhere. So contact a lawyer. Basically the email said, thank you so much for taking care of him for the past, whatever, 11, 12 years. Um, I got it from here. Just disappeared. He had just gotten a new girlfriend over the last four or five months. I didn't know where she lived because he had had his own place. So he moved in with her. And luckily, being a somewhat catty girlfriend, I had at one point screenshot the girlfriend, you know, like through his and like sent it to one of my girlfriends. Like, this is the new girl that he's seen. Uh, Luckily, I had done that. So I went back, searched her on Google, like 27 of her names popped up in around the area that she lived. And I waited until like midnight or so waiting for him to come, sending him emails, like you kidnapped, you can't do this. I'm freaking out. I'm calling lawyers, trying to figure out retainers. And I get in my car and I drive down and I go to every single freaking house trying to find his car, finally find it like house seven or something, two in the morning, call the police. I'm having to act calm, even though I'm literally freaking out. Police do nothing. They can't do anything because I had never taken him to court. So advice to individuals who, again, are going through the same thing. 
take your, your spouse to court and come up with some documents that state where the kid is supposed to be. Cause I didn't have that. So they couldn't do anything. I had to leave without him. Anyways, the whole story is insane. It lasted a whole year, $18,000. So that $13,000 I had saved is now zero. And now I'm in debt, $5,000. And I'm still in this abusive relationship. And I remember I was sitting in my car. I had this piece of paper from the lawyer that was 12 pages long, the custody thing of all the rules, costed me 18 grand, these 12 pieces of paper. And I'm in my car, all dramatic, just like in the movies, crying my eyes out, banging the steering wheel, and just having a real moment of like, this is my destiny. I am going to be with this man for the rest of my life. God, the universe, whatever you believe in is punishing me. And I am going to have to endure this punishment for the rest of my life. And I'm never, ever going to be able to leave. It doesn't matter how hard I try. It doesn't matter how many, you know, hours of sleep I'm missing because I'm running his whole business, plus these online businesses, plus trying to be a mom, plus working out, plus taking care of the house because he's OCD, narcissistic psychopath. And just devastated, just bawling my eyes out in complete despair. And I had to ask myself again, am I going to do this again? Like, am I going to try to collect money again? And I had to make a decision. And I decided that I would continue to try again and again until. Yeah, never give up never give up. And I did it again. And I worked faster and harder and I walked out. Wow. And I feel like so many women can resonate with this. So many women that have been in relationships and that are in relationships where they are being controlled, where they are feeling like a figment of themselves because they don't even know who they are anymore because they are being told who they are. They're being controlled at such a level that there is nothing left of them. And the power lies within, I feel, the choices here. Do I want to be in this relationship? Do I want to continue? Just like you sat in that car and you asked yourself the question, you know, and you felt, you felt the emotions, you felt the pain of the devastation of feeling um, lost and confused and uncertain, right? Yeah. But at that moment, there was a real pivotal, a pivot moment, a choice point where we all come to these choice points in our life where we either go, I'm going to perpetuate the cycle that I'm on. I'm going to continue the way that I have been until I feel that I can move forward. And a lot of women, I know because I work, you know, I've worked with many clients in this way where I'm speaking to these women and they feel like they don't have an out because the, the partner takes over everything. Like you said, he paid the mortgage, he provided the food, he put clothes on your back, you know, everything is controlled through them and by them. And it's that moment where you know that, you know what, I don't need this anymore. I don't need him anymore. I don't need to be controlled by him anymore in this way. And you truly choose yourself. That's a moment of empowerment. That's a moment of freedom. And I, you know, I speak to a lot of women and they go, we literally have nothing. We've left our home with the clothes on our back and we have nothing. And that takes a lot of courage 
takes a lot of courage and and bravery but you know what one thing I find is that we have that within us we have that we find it somewhere we find that bravery that courage right and I'll share with you a little bit of a story which actually my community doesn't even know about this I was in a relationship (laughs) before I met my husband and this relationship was very destructive I one night I got in my car and I tried to get away from him and he got in his car and he we had this massive car chase through the, the back streets where this guy was chasing me he was a complete narcissist he wanted me to do things everything the way that he wanted me to do be the way that he wanted me to be and I wasn't having any of it because I grew up with that you know in right my childhood he didn't know any better my father yeah so when yeah. I had met this man, you know, I was like not having any of this. And I remember being in this relationship and just going, I cannot do this anymore. And that car chase, we literally stopped next to each other um, after this car chase. He got out of his car. I got out of my car. And it was like this electric magnetic kind of energy between us. And I just said to him, I can't do this anymore. And I remember booking my ticket to the UK and going, this is going to be my ticket away from this man because I cannot, something is keeping me with him. I don't know what it is. I I need to get away from him. I physically need to remove myself from him. And now I know that, you know, we were sharing these energetic cords. We were sharing, there was a contract, a soul contract that needed to be completed between us. So I have a, a deeper understanding of it now. And I was going through learning a lesson here of choosing for myself, empowering myself, just like you did. And I got on, basically the night before I um, got on the plane, I told him and I said to him, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm not going to see you ever again. And I remember crying my eyes out, literally crying for probably about 18 hours. The release, the relief, the freedom, that I felt wow. also the, the absolute letting go of all the shame and the fear and the regret and everything that I was feeling in that relationship was, you know, I was going through all of that. Wow. And I got on the plane and I met my husband, you know, <gasps> after that, <laughs> I met my husband in the UK. And Oh, okay. I thought you met him on the plane. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no. So, you know, ultimately, our choices dictate which path we go down next, right? And so did your choice. And I've never shared that story with anyone apart from my husband. My husband knows about this because this guy actually followed me. I went back to South Africa later and he sold his car, he left his job, and he followed me back to the UK. And at that time, you know, I was with my now husband and this guy didn't want to have anything. He didn't want to know anything about it. He just wanted to be with me and he didn't see anything else. And I had to basically say to the people that where I was living, do not let this man in the house. He is following me here. Do not let him in the house. Wow. Um, and so we went through a process, you know, of literally saying to him, get out, get away from me. Don't come near me. But it was scary. It was scary. Um, and then also almost losing my current husband. Well, he wasn't my husband at that time. It was my boyfriend. But then having to make another choice where I went, I don't want to be with that man. I don't want you. I want to be with my current husband. And yeah, yeah and we're still married. So, you know, I feel that our choice points, our, our, there's so much power in choosing there's so much power in choosing you above anything else above you know when you truly love yourself and you fiercely stand for your for your own rights for you and you have clear boundaries then and that comes with learning obviously you know you don't have clear boundaries straight away it's it comes with like okay what do i want now what do i dream about now how do i want to move forward from this moment yeah Yeah. so Sabrina tell me about 
um, now that you are where you are <laughs> and that you've created an amazing empire and such a beautiful, you're such a beautiful woman and beautiful soul sharing your wisdom and, you know, having these amazing conversations with women, what have you learned? What is the biggest lesson that you've learned? Oh, community. Mm. Community is so important. I was just on a, a podcast with uh, a woman named Maureen Scanlon. She just started, I was her third guest and she has been in, in my community for probably about a year now. She was one of my first guests, probably the first dozen. And when she announced it on Facebook that she was looking for guest speakers for her new podcast, I was one of the first people to, I was actually the first person <laughs> to, um, you know, she had comments, but I was the first person that was like, Hey, I will totally love to be a guest in your podcast. And when we jumped on yesterday, she got not emotional, but kind of like, yeah, emotional about the fact that everything that I talk about as far as community and not being in competition with other females and really being a cheerleader. She's like, just you doing that, being here and commenting so quickly proves to me that you are the real deal. Like you truly are trying to build a community. You truly are for all humans to succeed. You recognize that we all have so much to give. And she's like, you didn't see me as competing with you. Her, her podcast is very similar to mine. It's all about storytelling and, um, you know, um, struggle to triumph. And she's like that. I just thought that that was such a beautiful thing. It's just warmed my heart knowing that you are a person in and amongst my network. And that's what it is to me. You know, when I got pregnant, when I needed a community, the most is when everybody that I had ever loved left me and it was absolutely devastating like on so many levels having no one to trust to listen to ask questions to I mean, that much isolation is just uncalled for. And I promised to myself during that time that at some point in my life, I would create a community for women, for humans to, to be there for each other, to learn from each other, to hold each other. And, you know, not, it's not for everybody. Not everybody gets that, but to those that do, they stay close. And I just think that it's so important. Yeah, totally. Soul sisters, community, it's the best thing because we are not alone. We are not alone. You know, we, yes, we walk our own path, having to make our own choices, you know, having our own boundaries. Um, and all that stuff, but we don't have to do it alone. Um, and I feel that is one thing that that truly, truly helps people to get through things in life, to get through the other side, when you can talk, when you can share your story. And I think the, the biggest thing for me was realizing that I could heal through hearing other people's stories. Yep. And that there is such immense healing and compassion and going like, hey, you know, I'm resonating with this. It, the same happened to me or a similar thing is, is happening to me. I'm experiencing the same and actually it's okay. This person has gone through it. They've come out the other side of it or they are going through it and together, you know, we can walk this journey together. It's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of, of beauty and love and that that real um, relationship, you know, that communities. Yeah. Um, 
you talked about. I also don't, I also don't feel like there is a, a place a lot of times for individuals to kind of brag about all the stuff they've gone through. Like there's so many, like I learned so much from your podcast and you are actually a topic for like three conversations after that of people that had heard us talking where they're like that one blonde girl who was talking about the light workers. And we had carried on conversations about our conversation, but before, you know, obviously there's clients, you know, obviously there's mom, but other than that, when else do you really get to sit down and say, Hey, listen, I went through some shit and this is the stuff. Like, look at what I did. You don't really do that with your friends. Do you know what I mean? It's not really something that it's kind of like, okay, cool. Um, ego much, you know, would, but these are the things that are so important. Like, how are we supposed to know how to do things that we're unfamiliar with doing unless we hear somebody else's experience on it? You know, we don't, one of the biggest things for me, at least is listening. I love whenever somebody is trying to speak, I close my mouth because you know, stuff that I don't know. So in order for me to learn the most that I could possibly learn it, I already know all the things that I know, all the things that I know. I already know. So (laughs) how am I supposed to know more is to allow individuals to tell their story, to speak about things that they've gone through, to share things they've read in books or seen and pull from that. And the more that I listen, the wiser that I get. And I think that that's so important. And that's why these podcasts are just brilliant. It is amazing. It is life-changing. It is certainly life-changing. Yeah. Because we are giving people hope through our conversations. And, you know, I feel that's such an important thing in this time where uncertainty, confusion is ruling the roost as such. And people are not sure about exactly what's going to be happening tomorrow what's going to be happening five minutes from now, right? There's a lot of uncertainty. But one beautiful thing that I have also um, come across and realized is that when you build a community, they, they are family. So um, my mom passed away. She had a stroke and she passed away. Um, and I was, you know, I went to the UK. I didn't see my mom. And so I didn't have a mum to talk to all the time. We had conversations over the phone, but it's not the same thing. So I felt that I needed to have a community around me where I could speak to these people at a level that they could get me. Yeah, because I, yes, I'm a bit woo-woo. I'm a bit out there um, and weird and wonderful. And we all are. We all have that quirky side, that, that you know, soul-led side um, that not everyone gets. And so it's really amazing to have a group of soul sisters and soul brothers that really get you at that soul level that you can have weird and wonderful conversations with or have really um, deep conversations with. Like you say, hey, I feel like crap today. You know, can I talk about it? Let's talk about it. Um, Or, you know, things are really upside down in my life. Having a conversation and sitting down and actually just voicing without the other person talking. And just being able to listen is such a powerful gift. So thank you for, yeah. you know, allowing that to, or allowing that platform to be there for people to really share their voices and share their stories. It's amazing. I want to talk about celebration because you mentioned that and celebrating um, other people and celebrating, you know, their uniqueness, celebrating each other. Um, I talk about this a lot about you know walking down the street and you see this woman in this amazing red dress and beautiful red shoes and and um some people go oh my goodness I can't afford that you know look at her you know she's obviously showing off or something like that you know um and women I feel 
have to look at that woman and go, oh my God, she is gorgeous. Yes. She's amazing. She's rocking it. You know, she's owning it. She's powerful. Instead of going, I want to be like her. How can you be more like you? So what, oh, advice, I love would that. <laughs> what advice would you give people to be more like themselves, to really be unique? Oh, you know, you know, when we first started talking here on, on the podcast, we were talking about how all of the things that we've gone through and how, you know, the challenges, the struggles that we've gone through are all for a reason. And I would beg to say that who we are as a person and what we look like as a person is the same, is absolutely the same. So the features that we have, the ones that we don't appreciate and the ones that we do appreciate are all there for a reason. I had a, a podcast recently about body image. Uh, the guest had struggled with anorexia mm. and I dealt with bulimia for a very short amount of time, along with over-exercising for like years mm. to grasp control. And I didn't really see it as being that big of a deal. I mean, it was heavy on my life, you know, constantly restricting, constantly, you know, binging and purging and, and what have you. But I didn't really view, I didn't go to like a recovery or anything. Just one day, I just was like, I have to stop doing this. I did it maybe like a couple more times over that month. And then just, that was it. Never done it. Never over-exercised like that again and never have binge and purge like that again. But she's telling the story about anorexia and her body image issues that she has dealt with in her past. And it brought up so much emotion. I actually got triggered to the point of like a couple of tears running down my face. And I shared a couple of stories with her of just situations in my life where I didn't quite feel pretty in my body. And, you know, she, she recommended a few, doing a few exercises and looking within and really asking and talking to my unconscious mind, um, and kind of digging in, you know? So after I got off the podcast, I did it. Cause like, what, like I said, like, I'm always, I am action oriented. So like you tell me something, it resonates with me. I am on it. Like I am. I am all about it. So I did it. I turned off the freaking podcast. I did what I had to do. And I went for 20 minutes and I did exactly what she told me to do. And it really hit me hard the last second. So like, I'm doing all of the things and I'm feeling, I'm talking to myself and my inner child and really you know, digging into the past stories and things that I've said were sad and how I felt. And I'm like, this feels good. Like I feel like I'm really resonating with it. And then literally right when I'm about to like come to where I'm like, I'm freaking hungry. I'm good. Like, <laughs> like um, it came to me of the stories that we have, the things that we have gone through are necessary because even though we all think that we're so different, right? We're, we're so different. Yes. And yes, we're also also the same. And there's so many individuals dealing with very similar body image issues. And without me having my story and having a platform and being able to speak on things, how is anybody ever supposed to know the next steps or what can happen after, or is it necessary or not necessary or whatever it is? And it literally came to me 
is I, I need to start talking about this. This is a part of my story that was went on for years. And I just kind of like, there's so many other things that are, that just seem so much more traumatic to me. And the fact that it was brought up made me realize like, I need to start talking about this again. This is something that I'm being pulled, like physically pulled to speak about more on, on my platform. And all of a sudden it just like washed. It was like, I understood it and I have a plan and and now I'm walking in that new, you know, direction or that new journey of, of another thing that I need to really start concentrating on. So it was, it was just very, very interesting. It was very interesting. Mm, beautiful. I believe that souls are sent our way to awaken. We plant seeds of awakening for other people, you know, and that, that seed is beautifully excuse me placed at the right time for you to run with it or go no I'll file it away for later or I won't plant it at all you know so it's in that beautiful synchronicity synchronicities or synchronistic moments that we have this um this like aha moment this moment of joy this moment where it lands for you and you go yep I'm gonna do it okay and you take action from that which is amazing but the, the thing that stood out for me is um, around what you said around how we can almost shut ourselves down from really seeing the pain or feeling the pain through overcompensating, through doing other things like overexercising, overeating overdoing or underdoing or not doing enough procrastinating right and instead of dealing with the things that we need to deal with which is those shadows the wounds from the past whatever it is you know um if, if it's feeling if it's a feeling of judgment if it's a feeling of um abandonment if it's a feeling of despair or jealousy or envy or whatever that feeling is we as human beings do not want to feel that pain so we choose rather to go and do something to overcompensate or, you know, to not do procrastinate, like reaching for the tub of ice cream um, <laughs> when we know that we don't want it, but we still do it because we're hurting inside. We don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, we don't know how to, to heal that, to soothe it. And so conversations, I feel, is a really beautiful in to opening up the pathways to healing and talking about it and, and letting people know what is going on with you. I want to share a story which Spirit is um, reminding me about, and I'm sure that, you know, the people that know this won't um, mind me sharing it. I channeled through um, a young man that, hey, and this is a sensitive subject, he committed suicide. Um, just before Christmas and he came through and he said I have to come through today to share this message with you he said if only I told people about what I was going through I would would have still you know maybe I would have still been here he said we never talked about anything and he said please tell my friends he was part of a big group of friends and he said please tell my friends that they have to talk about everything, no matter how hard it is, no matter how weird it is, no matter what it is, just talk about it. Yeah. It is important. Kids feel, you know, especially our children, they don't feel like they can talk about things because it's a world of selfies, a world of, you know, of looking into um, someone's life from, from an outside world. If you know what I mean, it's false. Yeah. So. His message, I feel, is one to share with the world because it's such an important message that it's okay to talk. It's okay to share your emotions, to share your feelings. It's okay to be who you are in the moment, no matter what that looks like or feels like, no matter how, it, how damn hard it is or how much it hurts. It's okay mm -hmm. to talk about it. 
because if we don't talk about it, it this that wound just festers. Okay. So coming back to community again, coming back to relationships, to friendships, you know, talk to the yep. people that you know that will will listen, that you can trust, and open up your heart so that you can heal the wounds of the past. Because yeah. it's easy for us to continue doing the exercises or not, or reach for the bottle of wine, you know, or have, I, I work with clients as well that have gone through drug abuse and that have literally weaned themselves off, you know, um, drugs or antidepressants or things like that through the process of healing, through healing themselves and through talking about their journey. And sometimes you just need someone that can really listen and understand and help you release the emotional charge that's associated with that pain point, that's associated with all of that pain. So, Absolutely. yeah, it is, it's powerful stuff, conversations. And, you know, I just want to thank you so much for creating this platform. About maybe six years ago, Spirit said to me, go out, create a platform for spiritual people for, for people to talk about spiritual things okay. and back in that time it wasn't ready yet and I've been getting the messages almost every year you know don't forget about this this is needed it's needed for people to talk about all things spiritual to be able to have conversations about this about the soul and I launched it last week and I'm so excited <sighs> to share that with people and have this platform for soul entrepreneurs and light workers and people that are here to bring change and bring their conversations about weird and wonderful and loving, compassionate, whatever, you know, soul fueled conversations to the world, which is amazing. I love it. But yeah. I want to say thank you so much, Sabrina, to to you for sharing your story and for you know really being an example of what is possible that's the thing is like you know what is possible for people when they come to that choice point when they come to that fork in the road and they go well hang on a minute where do I go from here you know do I take the high road or do I take the low road and I feel like you're such a beautiful example of that of um of resilience a story of resilience empowerment and it doesn't mean that you sometimes still flap and that you haven't got your human moments and that you feel you know we all do we are here as spiritual beings having a physical experience and so we've come here to live this life and experience life and with that comes many lessons but it's about how you move forward from now hey so just to end off our beautiful conversation, is there anything else that you would like, like to share with the audience or with the listeners? Everything's going to be okay. Beautiful. Indeed it is. All will be well. <laughs> and if you believe that, and if you truly believe that, you know, you are not defined by your experiences. Your experiences are just there as these incredible moments of growth, incredible moments where you can pivot, where you can learn from, and then you can choose where you want to go from here. So my loves, thank you for listening. And thank you, Sabrina, for being on this beautiful podcast. I look forward to connecting with you again very, very soon. Until we speak again. 